And you are tuned in to another segment of Women Who Boss Up, and this is where I have conversations with women who rise above and become bosses. These women have a sense of confidence and awareness about where they stand in this world. They handle their business and authentically love what they do. My guest today is Ramel Taylor. How are you today? Hey, Marcy. How are you? I'm great. Glad to have you on today. I'm glad to be here. We've been trying to do this for a minute. We have. We have. (laughs) Okay, so Ramel is the proud owner and director of Bright Beginnings Child Care in South Bend. Ramel grew Bright Beginnings from a one-home child care program to a third after just 13 months. Now, prior to starting Bright Beginnings Child Care, Ramel had a 10-year career in banking and lending and invested in real estate before starting her own child care business. She is a business owner, mentor, facilitator, and became a part of the Million Dollar Club. Ramel's been making intentional, strategic money moves since she was in her early 20s. Now, when I first met Ramel, she was in finance The next thing I knew, she said she was starting her own daycare, and now she's back in the finance world. Man, let me tell you how proud I am of this young lady right here. You got a lot going on. Thank you, Marcy. I do. Wear many hats. (laughs) You do. Many, many hats. So tell me, what was your key driving force to becoming an entrepreneur? Well, a little over six years ago, I, um, I was working in banking. I was pregnant with my son, and I just had a, was having a really bad experience. So when I went on maternity leave during that time, I was really thinking about, like, how do I not go back to work? So it was kind of a seed that was planted by a friend of mine to get into child care, and it's definitely something I thought that I would be successful at. I was a therapeutic foster parent in my 20s, so I knew that, you know, I had a desire to give impact and, you know, just help people. And I love children, so I just took the leap. So that was my next question. What was the deciding factor? So, hey, yeah, that's great. Bright Beginnings, how did you come up with the name for your company? That's a really good question. I think it was just thinking about, like, I wanted it to be something to where it was a little catchy. Bright Beginnings, actually, that I found out, there's a lot of Bright Beginnings, a lot of different combinations. There's Bright Beginnings Ministry, Bright Beginnings Daycare, Bright Beginnings Learning Academy throughout the state. But I definitely wanted it to you know, to mention, you know, a good start. Now, in 2020, you launched another company assisting high-growth businesses to strategize and manage financial operations and access capital. You are the CFO, CEO of Millennia Strategies. What made you want to start another business in a different industry? So because my background is in finance um, and banking and lending, I realized just being an entrepreneur that a lot of other entrepreneurs did not have the money background to run their businesses. And I was able to scale really quickly because I had that experience and understood banking, understood lending, understood money, how business worked. Um, So that part of my business in the daycare was somewhat easier to me. So just you know, being around so many entrepreneurs that seeked my advice when it came to business and growth and scale, I definitely knew that it would be something I can get back into, you know, with another career, with, you know, owning another business. So it was something that kind of just fell in my lap. And I had so many people reaching out to me to help them just with anything business. So I just kind of knew that that would be something else that I would be really, really good at. Okay. And I'm sure you are doing well with that. So Millennia Strategies. How did you come up with the name for that? Yes. So millennia actually means a period of prosperity and happiness. And I knew I wanted to kind of use the word million and also millennials because I typically work with young millionaires. So I just literally went to Google and typed in M-I-L and some words came up and I'm like, oh my God, when I looked at the definition, it was perfect. So yeah, that's how I came up with the name. That's pretty cool. So tell me, what is your mission and your purpose? 
So with Millennia, it's basically to make sure or really try to improve the the concept of just, you know, young people owning businesses and really having a better understanding of um, all of the, the money side of the business and helping, you know, helping them scale. So with Millennia, I basically, you know, when people using other people's money, really, I help business owners apply for loans, make sure they get capital that they need to, to grow and to scale. And, you know, it's great that you can reinvest back into your business and grow, but you can do that much faster if you, you know, are put, in, put yourself in a position that you can seek lending and use other people's money to grow your business. You know, that's what I was able to do, and I was able to grow really, really quickly. Tell me, what was life like growing up for you? I had a really good childhood. I was born and raised in South Bend. I'm an East Sider. Went to, you know, John Adams High School and graduated there. Um, I had a wonderful family. I have three siblings. And, yeah, I'm just a native of the area. Um, I moved away after high school and went to college in Indianapolis. Spent some time in Alabama for a year and a half or so. But I, you know, came back home. I never thought I would. Um, never thought I would move back home to South Bend. But I did, and it's been really great so far. But, yeah, my childhood was awesome. Great and awesome. So glad to have you back in the area. Thank you. So obviously the Lord was leading you back home, even though that wasn't your attention. Right. I never thought intentions. I would be back, but it's been great since I've been here. I've been able to really, you know, make some moves and make some impact. So you're um, you went to um, school in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. What did you study? Economics and finance. That's yep. why you're on top of your game. <laughs> that explains it. Yes. Absolutely. What is the importance of a financial roadmap? So it's basically a a budget, but it's a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, A roadmap is just really allocating um, where your revenue is going to go, making sure that map out and plan out where all of your income is going. So you can really do that in advance. It'll keep you on track. So a lot of people budget, but it's really important to anticipate, you know, what's going to happen in the future and plan for specific things, whether you want to buy a home or whether you want to pay off debt or whether you want to save for something in particular. But you have to strategize. I think, you know, people have goals, you know, and that's great. And some people plan those goals. But to really have a strategy and be very purposeful for, you know, managing your income and expenses is really key for for growing and being more disciplined about your money. Okay. Now, also, you mentioned scale several times. Mm -hmm. For those that may not know, define scale and why it's important. Scaling is growing. It's a business term that, you know, I'm hoping is going to be a little bit more popular. But, you know, a lot of people go into business just to, to work for themselves. And that's kind of just owning your job, which is fine. You know, you have that flexibility. But when you when you're able to scale or grow, you kind of turn more into a CEO or you can work on the business, not in the business. Um, and to be able to scale that to where it operates on its own and then it creates more income. It creates an opportunity for you to invest in other things and just kind of build a portfolio of businesses and, you know, having more ownership. So that's what I really help, you know, my clients do just grow their businesses as quickly as possible. Okay, great. Now, how long did it take you to become a part of the million dollar club? It took me 53 months, I believe. Yeah, so a while, a little over four years, but um, it's, you know. Four was, years isn't that bad, <laughs> considering some are still trying to get there. Yeah, I mean, in childcare, I was able, like I said, um, well, like you had mentioned, um, my third site opened in 13 months, and my fourth site opened in, like, the two-year mark. So, yeah, right now we just have one location, and everybody's in the same building, which was the goal when I, when I um, bought the commercial property. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping my next million won't be so, won't take so long, but. <laughs> Um, you know, the revenue 
from the child care has been really good and oh. I've been able to scale. Yes, <laughs> you have. Great. How did that make you feel to, to know that it only took you four years to get to the million dollar club? I mean, it was a definitely a milestone and I know I'm blessed and um, there are a lot of people, even in the childcare industry alone, that, you know, it takes a lot longer or maybe they don't get there. So I'm just really fortunate um, that I was able to do that so quickly and I set goals for myself and, you know, I'm very intentional about, you know, the future and what I want to do next. Um, so, you know, using a roadmap, you know, I was able to, you know, just plan, map that out of how I was going to get you know, to the next million and how it's going to grow. Um, and yeah, just, it's, it's an amazing, cause a lot of people can't say that, especially, you know, exactly. owning a business and, and not having any childcare experience. Exactly. So yeah. What do you feel is the number one reason that businesses fail? I think not really understanding the numbers. So not really having a good grasp of the financial side of the business. Um, credit is definitely something that is difficult for people to um, overcome if they have, you know, bad credit history. And also another huge reason why people fail is because they're offering something that is really not marketable in their area. Um, so they don't have enough customers to purchase that product or service. But definitely the financial side of the business is really important. You wear many hats. You have a daycare. You do financial stuff. What else are you involved in? So I am a mother. So I have a, um, my, my daughter is eight. And my son will be six in just a couple weeks. Um, I'm also the board chair of CDFI Friendly South Bend, which is a community development financial institution. So that organization, we basically, um, it's creative financing for individuals and businesses. Um, like if you can't go to a bank to get a loan, you can borrow from a CDFI. And so we're, we're just started, we're about a year and a half in. Okay. And so we're kind of growing in the community and, um, and really gearing up to helping a lot of uh, businesses find access to capital and also some individuals purchase homes and things like that. Anything else you're involved in? Oh my goodness. A lot of meetings. Um, I'm traveling a lot just, you know, with millennia, but yeah, I'm just, you know, taking care of my family and, you know, just trying to, trying to make it like everybody else. Okay. <laughs> so you also sat on many panels. Let's talk about some of the panels you've sat on. Yeah. So I'm actually um, be on panels often just because of my experience and my background. Um, I have a very interesting skill set of a lot of, you know, expertises in different areas, whether it's business or finance or, you know, and also childcare. So, man, um, I've spoken and did panels for um, Hustle. I was very in involved in the Spark program. So um, I do that often as much as I can. I've been at panels at St. Mary's College just for, um, you know, around childcare. Jeez, it's been a lot of stuff. Uh, and I've been on um, involved in their program quite a bit, which is a startup accelerator here in town. But yeah, I'm kind of I guess I'm I have a little bit of a name for myself in the area. So um, and there's also a there's a women's conference coming up in September that I'll be on the panel for that as well. So, OK, you, yeah. once again, you're out there doing a <laughs> lot. That's awesome. Now, you also mentor current and aspiring business owners and you have a passion for women entrepreneurship and building the South Bend minority economy. So how important is that for you? It's very important. Like I said, people reach out to me a lot and I'm always just willing to share what I know, answer questions. You know, a lot of, especially women, um, you know, we have a hard time as it is. So just 
you know, being in business and not having enough support or just not having the information. So a lot of people just reach out to me um, and ask questions. And, you know, I definitely do consultations, you know, as much as I can to just get people on track or whether it's, you know, credit or just any basic information about business up to, you know, more difficult scenarios with growing a business or deciding, you know, whether to start a business or anything. I'm, I'm really passionate about, you know, making sure that, you know, especially black women um, or women in general, you know, have the have access to the best information. Okay, that's great. What drives you to keep going when it's really tough? I mean, it's just a lot of, I have a lot of responsibility and that's what I put on myself, you know, what I, what I want to do for the world and the impact that I want to make is really important, you know, for not only just entrepreneurship and business, but, um, you know, just leaving a legacy. So I have big shoes to fill out. I, I feel like my grandmother and great-grandmother were very involved in the community. Okay. The Robinson Center is named after my great-grandmother, Renelda Robinson. Oh. So just the community impact and just being a resource to other people around me. Um, it has always been something that I've been really passionate about and has, I felt this always really been important. Now, what's non-negotiable for you? Non-negotiable? I would say everything that I do needs to align with, you know, the mark that I want to leave on the world. So definitely, you know, encouraging people and just being true to myself and, you know, having, just being honest you know, so if I'm presented with an opportunity that I don't, I don't feel, you know, that I'm able to do that, then that's probably something I'm not even going to entertain. So, yeah. So what has been the most satisfying moment for you in business? I think it's, well, there's been a lot of stuff that I've been really proud of. Not only things that I have done, but, you know, what I've helped other people do. So I have clients who, you know, have had access to, you know, the, the financing that they need to grow. Um, I had a lot of clients through the pandemic that, you know, I helped with PPP loans and, you know, idle loans and funding that they would not have had access to, you know, if I wasn't involved. So that gets me excited because, you know, there's a lot of businesses that did not make it through the pandemic. Right. Um, so just being able to help those businesses through that time has really, I think, was really um, probably one of the most satisfying and important things that I've been able to do with Millennia, definitely. Great. And then just the um, the relationships that I'm able to build with my parents at the daycare, mm-hmm. um, just hearing those stories and, you know, even like overhearing stuff, this like conversation in the lobby when, you know, people don't know I'm listening about, you know, how amazing their experiences have been. So those things are, you know, kind of really keep me going. Exactly. That kind of makes you feel mm-hmm. good when you hear that type of, you know. That positive. feedback. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Right. Exactly. I know you have a couple of quotes that you stand by. I know I'm familiar with one that you use. If you don't leap, you don't soar. Yeah, I mean, that's important because you have to take that first jump. Sometimes you jump, you know, and you don't know how it's, how it's going to turn out, turn out or how you're going to land or how you're going to figure it out. But you just have to really push yourself and believe that, you know, you can accomplish whatever you set out to do. So that's one of my favorite quotes. Definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. So that's the one I'm familiar with. But which one touches your heart most? One of my other favorite quotes is be obsessed or be average. So that one, I think that's a Grant Cardone quote. um, And I follow him for anybody who is who knows about Grant Cardone. He's like this billionaire. You know, he's just a super smart guy, made a fortune basically in real estate. But um, be obsessed or be average. Like you have to be so obsessed with, you know, your business or the industry that you're in or like being so dedicated and just disciplined. 
you have to be so disciplined or you know it's gonna just turn out average exactly and you if you want to that goes in with if you don't leave you don't so exactly so if you don't want to be yep. average you have to make that you leave. definitely have to make sacrifices another one like successful people do what unsuccessful people don't want to do or don't do so it's like you know risk, risk. i'm not risk averse at all um and you know, most entrepreneurs are not, but to really, you know, take risks is the bigger the risk, bigger the reward. So right. you have to, you know, jump and leap and, you know, just kind of figure it, you know, when you feel like you can do it, you really can. But I think the first person you have to convince is yourself. Most definitely. Yeah. I totally agree. Now, we keep talking about you wear many hats and you do a lot. Let's talk about self-care. What do you do to take time out for you? A good thing I actually enjoy what I'm doing. So sometimes it doesn't necessarily feel like work. But I do, um, you know, one of the things that I have been doing is like one weekend a month, I'll just have a time to myself, whether that's just going to Chicago for a night at a hotel by myself. You know, I'll make sure the children are fine, but taking time by myself. So I'm an extrovert. So sometimes that's a little difficult because, you know, we love interaction with people, but just, you know, whether it's massage or, you know, making sure that I feel my best and, you know, getting, you know, my hair and nails done or just it's really the little thing, just taking time to do something I enjoy that makes me feel good about myself or just to have really that alone time because, you know, my I'm always thinking you know, and always solving problems and answering questions. So just to kind of make sure that my mind is able to kind of just wind down and relax. Um, so like when I'm away by myself, I may write or just kind of come up with different ideas or, you know, I'm not, I don't have any pressure or limitations on time or anything. So that's kind of what I do for self-care. Okay, that's so, good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What piece of advice would you give to someone who wants to become an entrepreneur? I would say to definitely do your research. Do your research in the industry. Find a mentor. That's really important. Um, make sure that um, you're in a financial position to, you know, to carry a business. So I think that's one. Some people don't really do that until after they become an entrepreneur and then they figure like, oh, shoot. Let me try to go back and fix some things. But the more prepared you are financially, especially if you have a job, having to transition from a job to, into full-time entrepreneurship can be difficult. Like replacing your income, you know, cutting back on some things, you know, just to make sure that you're better prepared. But definitely find a mentor and just be as prepared financially as you can. And make sure you're uh, loanable. You can, you know, get some assistance and I'm not saying like go out and just get a whole bunch of loans or credit cards but you want to have the option to to borrow if you need to I think some people are afraid of loans and lines of credits and credit right. cards but you definitely have to be disciplined and have the right information and use use other people's money to create wealth for yourself okay and that falls in line with having your business plan. Together. Definitely having a business plan. I actually didn't create a business plan um, until I went through the Spark program. And I knew I needed one because I was applying for a commercial loan. I had it in my head, but that wasn't good enough. But to actually write it down on paper, um, a lot of people don't do a business plan before they start. So I understand, you know, some people are just thrown into entrepreneurship, whether it's just something they kind of happen to figure out, oh, I can make money doing this. But when you get really, really serious about it, it's really good to take a step back and uh, work on the business and figure out, you know, what your break even point is and, you know, come up with, you know, a budget or a roadmap, you know, and be more intentional about, you know, your income and expenses. Definitely. Definitely. Great. What key activities or skills would you recommend 
that entrepreneurs invest their time in? Money, like understanding finances, understanding their numbers. That's all, what I'm all about. You know, you can, you definitely should learn marketing. You definitely should learn, you know, the the ins and outs of your particular industry. And, you know, you definitely should do self-care so you don't have burnout. But to understand your numbers is going to be so important and is going to prevent, you know, a lot of things that, you know, are are not favorable to you. So say, for instance, if you're presented with an opportunity to increase your production or revenue and you need capital, you know, you want to be able to, to take the opportunities right. to grow the business and to scale. So always keeping yourself in a position where you're loanable. Oh, very good. Yes, I like that. Who has been your greatest inspiration? I would say my children you know, they, they watch everything I do and, you know, they want to be entrepreneurs as well. So, and I'm, I'm, my goal is to always be in a position to help them with that. Um, but just, I would say my children and my family, um, and just, you know, the legacy that I want to leave, you know, to them and just, you know, even my nieces and nephews just kind of, you know, a lot of people don't, they just need to be exposed to certain things. You know, so even in the black community, you know, if we're not exposed to wealth or um, entrepreneurship, it's sometimes it's not, you know, it doesn't seem attainable. So even, you know, exposing what I'm doing to, you know, the children around me or just the people around me, you know, that's definitely the legacy I want to leave. And that's great. So you said your daughter's eight and your son's about to be six. Mm-hmm. So they're young entrepreneurs. Do they actually know what they want to do at six and eight? So my daughter does. She wants to, she's into hair and makeup. And so she has like several mannequin heads, like the real mannequins. And she spends probably two or three hours a day teaching herself how to, you know, do box braids. And I taught her how to French braid. So she's really good at French braiding now. And she wants to own her salon when she's older. And she's she knows exactly that that's what, something that she will do at some point. She's already ready to go to beauty school. I'm like, Cameron, you got to <laughs> maybe in high school. But she definitely wants to um, work for herself and do what she's passionate about, nice. even at eight years old. That's yeah, great. Yeah. You got to train them young. Definitely. What is one thing about you that no one knows about you? I think I'm pretty transparent, but I would say, I mean, that's kind of like that, what is an interesting fact about yourself question. Well, one interesting fact that I always say, which some of y'all may know if you know me, but my name is Lamar spelled backwards, which is my father's name. So that's like the interesting fact. But something that people don't know, oh man, I would say... I don't know. I think people not. I mean, I don't think there's anything that I wouldn't share. So, you know, if it's something anybody want to know, they can just email me or call me or ask me. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know, Marcy. You got me caught on that one. Okay, something that well, nobody knows. Hmm. I don't know. I, just I don't say. know. Okay, well. I guess there's a lot of stuff, but I can't. Nothing I can not think the about. Moment. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I answer that question. That's fine. So you mentioned legacy. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You mentioned legacy. How mm-hmm. important is having a legacy and passing it on to your children? Now, you also mentioned that your grandmother, your great-grandmother, they, they were, you know, influential in the community. And so now here you come, and it's like you're a part of their legacy because you're carrying it on maybe in a different way. But how important is it? Absolutely. The legacy. It's extremely important to me. I think everyone needs to know who they are. So I know who I am. I know, you know, the family that I come from and things that they felt was were important and, you know, morals and values that they stood by. And, and so I want to make sure that I continue that. And so my children still know who they are, you know, what family they came from um, and are able to keep that going. 
So legacy is really important, not only just the legacy of like building wealth, but just, you know, values and, you know, the mark you want to leave on the world. Exactly. I agree. Thanks for sharing that. Now, if you were to write a book, what would you title it and why? So my first book was probably going to be How to Build a Million Dollar Childcare with No Childcare Experience. Okay. <laughs> and so that's definitely a book that I'm going to write. I probably got two or three books in me. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to write a book just about, you know, how important the financial side and the money side of business is, especially, you know, for a young African-American female because we kind of have it hard enough already. Exactly. So um, we're, you know – definitely have a lot going against us at mm -hmm. times. So what's next for Ramel? So I have recently been able to focus more on millennia. So that has been the last, I would say, six to nine months in the process of being able to make sure that the daycare has all the systems and staffing and everything in place so I can, you know, work part-time instead of full-time. It's been difficult. The pandemic and the staffing shortages, right. it's been hard. So I have been spending a lot of time, you know, working 13, 14 hours a day and, you know, building my team a couple I'd say about six to eight weeks ago, I did a, a huge, you know, took a leap of faith and, you know, invested back into my team and increased my wages across the board um, significantly. So I have an amazing team now, but, you know, just making sure that we're always fully staffed and we're going to be adding a couple more classrooms to our building. Nice. Um, actually, I have contractors there at the moment right now, just kind of making sure that we can add uh, capacity because we have a waiting list that's super long um, and we want to make sure that we can offer for care to the you know families in our community that need it building the daycare spending more time on millennia um, I'm working on building some content doing some ebooks and uh, yeah just kind of having some more clients and helping them through you know scaling so do you see millennia because you said you travel for millennia do you see yourself traveling all across the world helping businesses or I think so definitely um, you know my clients are are all over they're not really just in South Bend um, okay. I do a lot of mentoring and you know just helping people in South Bend but a lot of my clients are out of the area um, yeah I definitely see myself millennia being you know a household name and you know a lot of entrepreneurs you know know with the services that I offer and you know doing workshops or you know having a lot of content available online in any question or any situation that you're going through in business there will be answers you know for you so that's really what I'm what I see millennia growing into now I ask all of my guests what is your definition of a boss Ooh, so Yes. So a boss is really having ownership um, in whether it's a business or a process or, you know, the entrepreneurship, but really, you know, taking control over, you know, your destiny and not, you know, leaving that up to someone else. So to be a boss is a uh, it's difficult. Sometimes it's easier just to clock in and clock out and go home. Mm -hmm. But it's like living, you know, living and being your true self and taking, you know, life by the horns and making stuff happen and not letting stuff happen to you. I like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. Having ownership and taking control over your destiny. Absolutely. Most definitely. So. How can someone contact you, whether it be for the daycare or for millennia? Of course. So child care inquiries, um, we do have a website, wearebbc.com. There's a lot of information on our website. Um, you can Google Bright Beginnings Child Care, and we're there. So any inquiries can go through our website. You can email me as, as far as millennia inquiries at ramel at millenniastrategies.net. 
for any millennia information. So, yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Now, do you have any last remarks? I would just say, you know, if you're considering um, entrepreneurship or if you're already an entrepreneur and you want to scale or you're still trying to figure some stuff out, just really, you know, hang in there. It's um, Entrepreneurship is not for everybody. So just, you know, be very intentional about what you want your life to look like and, you know, find the resources that you need to be successful. I thank you, Marcy, for inviting me in. I know we've been trying to do this for a while and I've just been so busy. So, but I was like, I got to make time to, you know, go see Marcy, but I appreciate the invite and reach out to me anytime. Most definitely. And I want to thank you for coming on. Yes, it's been a long time. But, you know, I love hearing women, especially in this area, that's going above and beyond and and making things happen, you know, joining the Million Dollar Club and and helping other people in the community succeed. Mm -hmm. And I want to share the story. So that's why I'm here. And I want to thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. Thank you. It's not not good enough for me to just make a million. I want to help others do that same thing. So, And and that's great and awesome. If you want more information on Women Who Boss Up, you can email me at womenwhobossup at gmail.com. You can also like me on Facebook at Women Who Boss Up. Until next time, everyone have a great day. Thank you.